Thanks for joining us today for TED Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the Positive Safety Coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming Ryan Green. Ryan has been in the field of EHS for 15 years. He got his start as a wildland firefighter and deployed to some of Washington State's largest forest fires. He joined the active duty United States Coast Guard in 2007. While in the Coast Guard, he executed hundreds of search and rescue missions, as well as environmental safety operations in some of the world's most dangerous waters. In 2010, he became a Coast Guard corpsman, providing safety, medical, and health services to thousands of military personnel across the country. He has been in the reserve since 2014. As a civilian, he led EHS consulting teams for hundreds of companies in diverse industries around the world. Additionally, he was the director of safety for one of Washington State's largest healthcare systems at the epicenter of COVID-19. In July 2020, he moved to Cape Canaveral, Florida to lead teams of safety and quality professionals at NASA's Kennedy Space Center, where the world's most powerful rocket ever built will be assembled and launched. Ryan has a Bachelor of Science in Fire Science and a Master of Science in Occupational Safety Management. He holds a CSP certification as well as Certified Hospital Safety Professionals Certificate. He has also completed the Washington State Fire Academy with a Firefighter 1 and 2 certificate and has been an emergency medical technician for 12 years. Hey, Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a fantastic day in Florida. The sun's shining and just really excited to be here and hopefully empower others to become a safety professional or continue their career and grow as a safety professional. Yeah, well, they call it the Sunshine State for that reason, right? Beautiful state, but also to, I know with your background and our chats that we've had that you are definitely going to be able to offer information for safety professionals coming into the business and some that are already in it. So can you kind of give our audience a little bit of a background about yourself, Ryan? Sure. Yeah. I've been in the EHS field for 15 years and I currently work at Kennedy Space Center here in Florida as the quality and safety manager. I previously have been a consultant and I was the director of a, a very large healthcare organization in Washington State where I did environmental health and safety out there for a few years. And before that, I was active duty Coast Guard where I did search and rescue. And I was also a corpsman in the Coast Guard. And that's where uh, you do all the health stuff and everything like that. Yeah, just listening to your background, it was very, very interesting you've dabbled in a lot of things. And talking about that, how did the military prepare you for a career in EHS? I don't think I would have been here or found this career or been prepared for this career without the military. One of the biggest things that it taught me was attention to detail. That's a key discipline in everything that we did in the military. And as you know, as a safety specialist or 
safety technician, you're you're doing inspections and you're doing investigations and report writing. That attention to detail really helped with that. Then another one was leadership and teamwork. In the military, we have to collaborate with people and teams that we've never met from all walks of life. We get put into a group together or into a room together, and we have to figure out how to get along with each other. <laughs> so it really taught me that collaboration and taught me how to lead through positional power a little bit, as well as personal power. What I really liked about being in the military is it really teaches you that personal power, which is using your integrity and readiness to live up to the promises and uh, meet tough challenges. And another one was adapting and overcome through adversity and changes. And, and face it, every organization right now is rapidly changing, especially after the past year. The military really has taught me to anticipate those changes and adapt and overcome some of those obstacles. Another one is uh, the calmness during the storm. So a lot of safety professionals out there, they get turned to only when there is a really bad thing happening. And in the military, we learned from the very first second we arrived to boot camp is how to control stressful situations. And when you're in a life and death situation or a time of uncertainty in the field, it teaches how to stay focused, navigate risk, keep your team safe, keep situational awareness, and successfully complete the mission. That really transferred well to me as a civilian. And there's been several times where I've been put in incident command positions or been put in situations, especially in the past year, where people were really uncertain and there was a lot of ambiguity and chaos. And I was looked to to create some clarity out of all that. And I think the last thing that the military prepared me for is just safety in general. Safety is ingrained into everything that the military does. It may not seem like that. If you flip on TV or see in the movies, they're doing really incredibly dangerous things. But <laughs> safety is written into every procedure. It's written into every preventative maintenance program, range safety. It's put into everything. And so having that safety ingrained into you, it really prepares you for how you look at things as civilian world. Brian, I really like what you said about staying calm in different situations, especially as a safety person, because a lot of times we're giving situations where they aren't so calm, right? I started out in law enforcement. And that really taught me early in my career that being calm and being confident in what you're doing is so important because there's so many other people that are not, right? And so I think that's a great point, being able to be calm, control yourself, and make sure you do what you're trained. Absolutely. Just like in law enforcement, those police officers are looked to be that person they can keep calm and keep level-headed when a lot of bad things are happening. And a lot of times organizations look for that safety person to have those qualities. I would agree. It sounds like, Ryan, the military provided you at a younger age with so many life skills that you can carry through that sometimes it takes many of us a while to learn. What was the catalyst to becoming an EHS professional for you? Sure. So was it something that was in my mind as a, a 16 or 17-year-old. You're kidding um, me. Back in the, really? <laughs> back in the, you didn't go to grade school and say, Mom, Dad, this is what I'm going to do? <laughs> Safety. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I wanted to be a, a hot rod mechanic and oh. <laughs> I wanted to work on cars like my dad. And, Days of Thunder is probably one of your favorite movies, I bet. Yeah, that's an amazing movie. And American Graffiti and Days and Confused. I grew up on those movies with cool cars and Unfortunately, when I was 17, my brother passed away, and I really never experienced anything as sad as that until that time. And it was around that time I decided, 
what I want to do is dedicate my life to saving others. And so I took uh, you know, the next year in school to figure out what I wanted to do. And luckily, the high school I was attending had a firefighting class. The local firefighters came and taught a class. And they got with me one day and they said, hey, you would be a really excellent wildland firefighter. And so they helped me go on that path to be a wildland firefighter. And the day I graduated high school, I moved away from home and became a uh, wildland firefighter and and fought fires all over Washington State. And when I was 19, I joined the Coast Guard. After my six years was up, I decided I want to get back into firefighting. So I completed the fire academy with that intention to be a structural firefighter and a paramedic. But while I was in the academy, I started asking myself, can I do more? Is there something I could do to help people on a greater scale? And the answer was yes. And I really encourage everyone to think that way. Ask, is there more that I can do to help people? And usually find that the answer is yes. So I started looking into how I could prevent emergencies and catastrophes from occurring instead of just responding to them. That led me to becoming an EHS consultant and ultimately where I am now. Now, I do have to plug my wife. She has an EHS degree and has been working for Boeing for 10 years in different EHS fields. When I met her, she was our economist and we started talking and she got me really interested in going to Embry-Riddle for my master's degree, which is in occupational safety management and really kind of turned me on to, hey, there's a whole new world of environmental health and safety out here, which I didn't really know about until I met her. Yeah, I was going to say thank you for sharing that personal experience and how it led to where you are today. Sometimes those life moments kind of give us insight that we don't expect sometimes. So we appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you take on the EHS management versus uh, being a specialist path? You know, that's that's the question. For me, it was a natural decision. I really like to lead. I'm kind of outspoken and I really like to take control of situations. As a consultant, I joined the team doing consulting work throughout the country, and I kept asking myself, is there more that I could do? Can I help people on a greater scale? And I arrived at the conclusion that I wanted to mentor, teach, and lead EHS professionals out there. And I began that path towards leadership and management and started learning everything I can and figuring out how to become a good leader and taking leadership classes where I could and whatnot. And after about nine months as a consultant, I was promoted to a leadership role with the organization that I was at at the time, and that's how I got much greater reach. I just love strategizing and building and cultivating programs and going into departments or organizations that really don't have a safety program and just building it out and watching it grow and, and take root and cultivating it. So watching the safety specialists in that department or the technicians really change the way that they work and be happy to do what they're doing again and really bring life into those organizations and then also just watch the organization grow and treat the bottom line and just become amazing organizations. It's all about caring for the individuals, right? And that's how you can grow a good safety process and really an organization like you were just saying. Right. Yeah, definitely. Ryan, in this ever-changing world of ours, what do you think the future of safety professionals will look like? I think the future is incredibly bright for the safety profession. Last year's events really highlighted the importance of our role. As many of us were put in the spotlight to become leaders, advisors, experts, and things that we weren't used to being during an incredibly complex, emotional, and uncertain time. Additionally, there's ever-increasing changing safety standards and regulations. Our role will become even more critical to the success of any organization. However, you know, I do have to say that tomorrow's safety professional will be taking the torch from 
tens of thousands, if not more, retiring EHS professionals out there. There's a whole generation that's uh, retiring within the next year or so. And they're going to be leaving behind a wealth of experience and knowledge. So I encourage every professional in our field to learn as much as they can from those veterans of safety and veterans of environmental and health. Yeah. And kind of going along those lines, targeting some maybe up and coming safety professionals. Do you need a degree to become a safety professional? You know what? I don't think that you need a degree to become a safety professional. I've hired dozens of safety professionals without a degree over candidates with a degree. In fact, I've, I've, in the same day, I've had candidates that had a lot of good experience in a degree and then candidates that didn't have a degree and didn't have as much experience. And at the end of the day, I went with that second person because there's a lot of things that really mean something to me. In fact, most of my teams that I've led did not have degrees. Rather, they had some relevant experience. They had aptitude for problem solving, willingness to learn, and ability to build strong collaborative relationships. And those really mean a lot to me. Over degrees and maybe 20 or 30 years of experience, it's those qualities, those abilities to build strong collaborative relationships. I believe demanding a degree for a specialist position really narrows down that candidate pool and misses well-qualified individuals that have really good qualities that can become a really good safety professional. However, as we know, a degree does help in making the decision between well-qualified candidates. It makes any professional more marketable in the industry, and it can really help them get into those manager leadership positions or get those pay raises that they want. So I do encourage people to continue to learn, continue to grow in their profession. Yeah, Ryan, I would agree with you on what you just said about looking into the future for safety professionals. I've hired hundreds of safety professionals throughout my career, and I don't necessarily always look for that educational part of that. It's more or less, are they caring people? Can they form to what we're doing? The way I look at it, Ryan, is I learn safety. I think anybody can learn safety. (laughs) So it's more about the person, right? Making sure we put the right person in the spot. Yeah, I think that was a very helpful answer to a lot of listeners. It's a hard choice sometimes to know a career path, and a combination of both is very helpful. One of the last people that I hired, I was having a really hard time finding the right person for the position. And out of nowhere, a security guard came up to me who I've seen around in the uh, building and came up to me and he's like, hey, I hear you're hiring for this position. I really want to become a safety professional. Do you think I'd be a good candidate? And I asked him for his resume and it did have a lot of things in there that was relevant to what we were doing. But what I found was important is He knew that building that was about 10 floors high and had about 2,000 employees. He knew that building like the back of his hand. He knew everything about that building and he knew everyone there. He had already built an amazing relationship with everyone. And so, you know, I thought, well, he has a good attitude. That's something that's hard to teach. What's easy to teach is all the safety stuff. So I hired him. I love that story. Love it. Yeah, that's very true because he's going to know the names. He's going to know the families. And that makes the difference, in my opinion, within safety. Yeah. So what are a few tips that you would give to perhaps a safety professional to get buy-in from senior management? Sometimes we struggle with that in some of our companies. Yeah, we do struggle with that. And this is a conversation that I have a lot. And I've had a lot of team members become really discouraged because they have a really wonderful idea But it ends up getting shot down or something happens and they don't get what they want out of that idea. 
or maybe they don't even get a seat at the table to express their ideas. And so they get discouraged. And I've had some safety professionals that I've met through the years not even want to provide ideas anymore or just kind of shut themselves in and not want to become team players anymore. So I do have a couple tips. And one thing that I do want to mention is it's important to realize that senior management and those in the C-suite have dozens of competing priorities and even more people competing for their time and attention. They're incredibly busy people. They start their day usually earlier than most people and end later than most people. So if you have an initiative or a goal that you'd like to propose and need that buy-in, my advice is to keep it really simple. Show them your idea and how it will make their lives easier or help the organization financially. And don't get discouraged if you don't get that idea through the first time or if you don't get what you need the first time. Like I said, too often I've seen a safety professional with a great idea and they immediately go down into the weeds and down into that rabbit hole. And the senior manager's eyes just kind of glaze over. And for me, it's terrible to see that. They love their idea. It's their baby. They start this 10, 20 minute journey of their idea and that senior manager just kind of glazes over and they don't get the support they need or maybe they don't get an answer either way at all. So what has helped me is using a, a very simple plan that I learned in the healthcare industry called SBAR. And that's a simple format for communication. It stands for situation, background, assessment, and recommendation. So in one page or one slide, I explain my situation. I explain the background, my assessment of everything that I learned or everything that I researched, and then my recommendation. And I kind of go in there just like the show The Shark Tank. Uh, I do my homework. I get the project started. I anticipate any follow-up questions. And then I do my SBAR and I drive home the value of that idea. And I am very clear and concise with what I need and what they will get in return. And if I get shot down, I go back, I do more homework, I refine my idea, and I come back better prepared. And just like any good entrepreneur, I find that way to get, even if it takes multiple attempts over a long period of time. In fact, right now, I have two or three really good ideas. One is a safety recognition program for the organization where we can give out coins and, and things for people that are doing really good things for the organization. But there's a financial cost to that because I have to buy my things to give to people. And so I've been shot down two times now and I'm coming back with mm -hmm. different ideas that we can do and different uh, strategies to be able to afford those things and really showing how it's going to benefit the organization. So you know, I'm hoping within the next few months, we'll have a really good recognition program going. And we're also working on a safe driving program that's taken about six months now to really get going, but it's starting to take form. And hopefully in the next six months, we'll be able to, to get dash cameras and things like that, where we can further increase money saved within the organization. So I'm really excited to do those things. People just have to remember that it takes a little bit of time. And it takes a little bit of cultivating that idea. Yeah. Some exciting things in the works, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, you don't want to be dropping any of those rockets. That's not a good thing to do over there at NASA, right? <laughs> is that frowned upon <laughs> well hey great those were some great points ryan and we really enjoyed having you on the show but as you know i'm the positive safety coach and now it's time to have a little fun as safety professionals sometimes we can take things very serious we deal with serious issues but sometimes we also just need to have a smile on our face so that's kind of what this next segment's about 
asking you a couple jokes and see how you do. The question is, Ryan, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay, the first one here. Why do melons have weddings? <laughs> I didn't know they, they had those. <laughs> See, the things um, that we're teaching you, Ryan, you can't learn every day. <laughs> you know what? I don't even have a guess for that one. You don't even have a guess. So why do melons have weddings? Because they can't elope. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, we got a chuckle. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's something that would be on my uh, daughter's popsicle stick for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'll probably see that in a couple exactly. of days. Okay. What is red and smells like blue paint? Red it smells like blue paint. Some that's purple? Red paint. Because <laughs> they all smell the same. <laughs> Get out of here. That was a tricky one. Okay, the last one here for you. What did one Dorito farmer say to the other? Barb's already laughing because she's reading the answer. Oh, I just love these. What did one Dorito farmer say to his other? Ooh. I think I have this one. Oh, you do? Okay, what is it? Is it Cool Ranch? Oh my goodness. Good job. We you can tell a... he works at NASA, yes, can't you? Holy we should cow. have a prize for you. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you were correct, sir. <laughs> oh, nice. Sorry to ruin the joke. No, 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 that's great, Ryan. Thank you for getting one. We were kind of thinking that <laughs> nobody ever gets our jokes, but maybe it's just us. So, hey, thank you for being on the show today. If anybody wanted to get in touch with you, Ryan, how would they do that? Hey, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to answer any questions. Uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Also, you can always feel free to email me at ryan.r.green1 at gmail.com. And I'm happy to answer any questions. But the best way to get a hold of me is uh, to find me on LinkedIn. I believe it's Ryan Green EHS. Sounds good. Thank you for uh, being on our show today. And you have a super safe day. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Take care. My pleasure. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to TED Speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week.